Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show, hosted by your friends at Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, I'm excited about this week's show. There is a lot to talk about. And before we get started, I'll remind our listening audience that The Real Money Show is Guildhall's weekly radio show devoted to helping investors understand the hard asset investment market. Our panel of experts, yourself and myself this week, Jeremy, sometimes Paul, and of course, all the guests we have on from week to week, have an immense amount of insight and we provide tons of education through our weekly synopsis of key articles, updates, discussions, economic factors that impact our favorite assets, gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. If you're looking for a change and you're a listener that's new to this market, we encourage you to spend an hour with us, give us some feedback, hear what we have to say about the markets of gold and silver. We think that these are tremendous markets to be a part of. Natural fancy colored diamonds are also a market that we love to talk about and discuss. And I will remind everybody before we get started that Guildhall and their representatives are not your financial planners or advisors and past performance of gold, silver, or natural fancy colored diamonds is not necessarily indicative of future performance. Now this week's show, Jeremy, there's a lot to say. We're going to talk about a number of topics. We're going to talk about insurance. What is gold and silver in relation to insurance, wealth insurance, life insurance? What's that whole argument about? We're going to touch base on wealth storage and what that concept is about. We're going to talk about geopolitics. We would be remiss if we didn't touch briefly on the topic of the potential of war and what's happening in Syria. We're going to talk about buying and selling, what the structure within the marketplace that we refer to as the Commitment of Traders Report, the COT, is all about and why that relates to what we call or talk about as the smart money in the gold and silver market. And we will spend some time talking about cryptos. Our good friend to the show, Jeff Berwick, who is going to be coming on very shortly, I believe within the next couple of weeks, will be spending some time talking about why he sold his cryptos to buy gold. Now, this is a big thing for everybody that's listening. Remember that Guildhall does accept Bitcoin. We have a way for you to convert your Bitcoin and take home gold, silver, or natural fancy colored diamonds. So if you're still holding on to Bitcoin and you feel, especially as we tape on Thursday, where there was a Bitcoin rally, that this is overdone and it's time to leave or you're profitable and you'd like to take some, we'll show you how to do that. The number to get the show going, it's one eight seven seven eight silver We'll say it often. And our website which is chocked full of great information about these markets we discuss, is guildhallwealth.com. You can go there. You can take bullion home with you. It's a phone call away. You can shop online. You can store it through Guildhall. And we'll talk throughout the show about a number of ways to get the ball rolling in terms of gold and silver ownership. Now, Jeremy, I spent quite a bit of time this week in two different situations on the phone with two different uh, potential clients and both of them long-term followers of the gold and silver market and both of them never bought. Okay. They had the opinion and the approach that they wanted to see a move in the market. They had participated in many other markets, including real estate, stocks, all the traditionals, and typically had played those markets the same way, which is to say they waited for a move of some magnitude to develop, and then they began to participate. Now, they finally, one decided to buy this week, convinced 100% that the price of silver and gold are at a critical moment in time. The value is tremendous in comparison after doing research to where the highs were, and it's presented itself in the case of silver as extreme value at this point in time. So he's gone ahead and bought. He took his product home, and he's using storage. We'll talk a little bit about his situation through the show. The second investor said, I've made the decision not to invest in gold or silver. And I said, if you wouldn't mind me asking why, he said, well, I no longer need that type of insurance in my portfolio. This is someone who sold, didn't they? Well, they they had recently sold from, from other various investments that were paper, uh, but this particular individual didn't own any silver or gold with us. Thinking of buying on and off for a long time, and we have to talk about the fact that some people just don't buy. They just decide not to buy. But I asked him, I said, okay, so you've come to the conclusion that you don't need that type of insurance in your portfolio long term. And he said, yes, over the next 10, 15 years, I can't see myself needing gold or silver in my portfolio. 
And I said, okay. So when it comes to car, if you were given the option, would you, because you've been accident free for 20 years, would you say, I don't need that insurance anymore because I'm not likely to get in a car accident. And he thought about it for a second. He said, well, the two aren't the same. I said, okay, your house, you haven't had it broken into for 20 years, but you've been paying insurance for 20 years, but you've determined now that you've gotten this far. There's not likely to be a break-in on that house. You've determined that. Or a flood yeah. or, or any other type of natural disaster that could impact your outcome. Past history reflecting Correct. the future. Of course. So he made the decision to do that. And I said the same thing. So you, would you get rid of your house insurance? He said, okay, I know where you're going with this. I said, the same thing can be said about gold and silver. It's not about being speculative, although some are and some want to be, and the potential to do that is there, but it is about long-term ownership and the protection of wealth, which brings us to the next topic of wealth storage. Would you get rid of insurance that you need, that you paid for, even though the outcome has not forced you to claim or make a claim on that insurance? And what or how does that relate to your concept, Jeremy, of wealth storage? Well, I think that for us, a big part of precious metals and precious metals ownership is about that insurance policy on your wealth. Just as you said, you've got insurance for your car, you've got insurance for your house, you've got insurance, you've got life insurance. You just don't know when you're going to need it. And you hope that you don't have to cash in. But if you do get into a car accident, it's nice to know that you have that. If 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 your house did uh, have something happen to it, it's nice to know that you're covered in that sense. And that's what gold and silver for us has done long term. Uh, the difference is, is that unfortunately, you know, you look at these insurance companies and they're not making money, even though the stock markets continue to rise for years on end, uh, but they can't seem to do anything with low interest rates. Um, pension funds are the same thing. They're all completely underfunded, but gold has actually continued to rise higher in a sort of a stealth kind of way that people aren't recognizing. So I think we have to somehow strike a balance between pursuing precious metals as a speculative investment where we're waiting for those uh, momentum trades to get involved. The question becomes is on those momentum trades, do we know why we're buying into the market? Do we have a, an understanding of the fundamentals of why we're owning precious metals? You know, we see very, very wealthy people getting involved in precious metals, billionaires getting into the market, central banks getting into the market. They all understand the fundamentals that fiat currencies are backed by nothing. It's just a matter of trust. You could look at the cryptos and say the same thing. We could all agree, oh, this has value. We all agree on it, so it has value. Until that value is tested, until, that, until, it, until the confidence in it is tested. But gold's been around for thousands of years. It's been through its tests, and that's why it's such a good storage for wealth. So it's not necessarily, in my mind, this is just my opinion, not necessarily just a speculative play. Although, if you were looking at the stock market or real estate and saying, those are overvalued, where do I go to find value at this point? Because interest rates are still low, and I'm still chasing some sort of yield. The question is, Is can gold move up 6-7% in a year? Well, it's been doing that for the last three years, four years actually, since the, the pullback from 2011 through 2013. I think we bottomed in 2015, and it's been rising ever since. So um, we want to see people profit in the precious metal market, but also if you're going to own insurance, you want to get in early before rates rise, and that's another way to look at precious metals in that sense is – you don't know when this market's going to move, right? You don't know when silver's going to pop from 16 up to $20 like it did in 2016. We went from under $14 to over $20 in eight months. And not a lot of people took advantage of that over 45% gain in the market, right? Those are the gains that people are dreaming of 40% in a year. Well, we've had that in the last few years, but most people didn't, didn't notice it. Now, if you just held the product or take advantage of dips in the market, you would have probably profited handsomely in, in that situation. So it's hard to tough the, to time these markets and ultimately the idea is to just start to, to step into these markets, start to stack as we like to say, and then you have your portfolio insurance or you have your speculative investment. And while there's different ways to approach it, ultimately what we do know is this, 
It's a great hedge against inflation. It's a great hedge against geopolitical unrest. It's a, a great hedge against dollar devaluations. And when you look at the supply-demand fundamentals, you know that there's less than a billion ounces of silver above ground. They mine about a billion of it. All of it gets used every year. So it's undervalued. This is a great place to start getting involved in the market. And at Guildhall, we've got lots of different ways for people to get involved in the actual physical product versus paper investments. One eight seven seven eight silver That's the number to call to get your free investor kit, get the balls rolling with respect to getting into this market, understanding more about our investments. Also the website, it's a great place to go to get lots of information. There are forms there you can fill out to request the same investment package or to get on to the Precious Metals newsletter, our weekly contribution to you as a listener and to our clients that gives ton of information about these markets is guildhallwealth.com. Now, Jeremy, whether it's home delivery, which means our clients, potential clients or otherwise, can go to the website, go to our e-store, which is in the top right-hand corner of the website under shop online, and take the product home, shop from home comfortably, whether it's having enough product there to probably warrant having a storage account, which is what we call depository accounts. That's an option for people, whether it's a registered account. So we've been doing this for a long time. We love to have RSPs and that's a, that's a moment that requires a bit of clarity here because we should talk about that before we go to break. This is the time to get into these markets and there are more to do that. But on that particular topic for a second, just expand a little on the registered account things. Yeah. So let's look at ways to protect wealth, protect against inflation, protect against dollar devaluations. If you think that, uh, for instance, in Canada, that we're just going to keep printing money and keep going into further and further debt, think about what that's going to mean to the value of the dollar long term. How do you hedge against the fact that the dollar is going to be devalued over time? And, and how do you protect against that? Well, one of the ways to do that is to own actual physical precious metals. And at at basically just over 1% a year to store and secure your own physical product that's allocated to you, that's stored in Toronto where you can go and personally audit your own holdings, this is much, much different than buying any sort of paper investment where there's counterparty risk involved. This is a way for you to own physical bullion in a registered account that's an RSP, a TFSA, a LIF, a RIF, an RESP, which we have people interested in and getting uh, started for their young ones. This is ultimately the best way to go. You want to make sure that it's your product, you have access to it, you get your serial numbers for it. And at Guildhall, we help investors to put physical precious metals in their portfolios, their registered accounts, and to protect their wealth long-term. Again, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom When we come back, we're going to talk geopolitics, what's happening in the U.S. with Russia right now, and its impact on gold and silver. We're going to talk a little bit about Commitment to Traders Report, who's buying, who's selling right now, And what does that mean or what is its relationship to smart money and gold and silver? And we're going to talk about our friend to the show, Jeff Berwick, coming on. He's just left the market of cryptos in favor of owning gold. We'll find out why. You're listening to The Real Money Show from Guildhall Wealth Management, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the second segment of The Real Money Show. That was jam-packed, Jeremy. There's a lot to talk about this week. And if you're paying attention, folks, unfortunately, we're going through a bit of uh, uncertainty here with respect to what we've seen in the headlines uh, between the U.S. and Russia, and it involves Syria. And we're not here to take one side or the other to say what's going on, what might not be going on. That's not our job. But we do want people to understand that There are four fundamental reasons, and we've been saying this since day one, back in 2002 and on videos on YouTube, and I was talking about this before the show, Jeremy, on our YouTube channel, you can go and watch us giving seminars and talking about these four fundamentals, and fundamental number three of the four we discuss always is geopolitical uncertainty, and this is a reason why regionally you find whole countries will add some amount of precious metals to their uh, holdings to protect themselves. And we talked about the concept of insurance. This isn't just for individuals. This is for whole countries. And it relates to what we discuss as uh, the tensions of a particular region and what they define as real wealth. 
And our belief is that many countries end up because of the uncertainty of war or sanctions or any type of a combination of geopolitical tensions, historically owning gold or silver because they want to protect themselves and the value of their currency against what might happen in those particular regions to have some form of leverage to discuss moving forward in the event of some major event. Yeah, so in terms of geopolitical unrest, you know, it used to be in our market, well, if we have an issue with oil, it seemed to be that was really the only geopolitical issue, then, you know, oil could drive up, the price of oil could go up very quickly, that would be inflationary, and of course, you want to hold gold as a hedge against inflation. Today, there's a myriad of geopolitical issues, which ultimately are caused by the, by trade deficits and by going into debt and country the value of countries' currencies floating on exchanges with no true backing. And so there's a lot of mischief going on in that sense. And so there's a matter of trust and how do you how do you keep that trust going? So, you know, you've got trade war talk going on between US and Canada, US and China, which is a very, very big issue. Who gets hurt in those situations? You've got escalations of hot wars like what's going on in Syria, and you don't know what the fallouts of these things are. are. Look at look at what's happening in Venezuela. I mean, most people don't want to look at what's happening in Venezuela, but that's a geopolitical issue. Um, the fact that uh, they've basically gone bankrupt and it's it's collapsed into chaos. And I remember speaking to um, a, f- a friend in the diamond industry who is originally from Argentina, and he, he said, you know, if it can happen anywhere, it can happen here. Not just if it can happen in some place specific, but anywhere, that means it can happen. And we know that we're in the midst of a major monetary experiment that's going on where we are dependent on central banks to have the discipline to control the money system. And anyone who looks at the debts can say, probably haven't done the best job. And so we know that there's going to be some sort of monetary reform. We don't have to be sensationalist about the fact that the US dollar has continued to lose value over a period of time because the government has just continued to issue more of it. Well, what happens as a result of that? And it's not just the US, it's China, it's Canada, it's the European Union. And ultimately, again, it's it. the way if we looked at Greece, for instance, their bankruptcy, God forbid we called it a bankruptcy, we're not going to get anything like that. We're just going to be called, it's just going to be titled monetary reform. And in that case, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. And what we do know is that gold has been a great place to store wealth. Silver has been a great place to store wealth. And natural fancy colored diamonds have also been an incredible place to store wealth. So it's not necessarily about choosing one investment over another investment. Yes, gold, silver, colored diamonds will not give you a yield, and you will pay, in the case of gold and silver, only 1% a year, basically, to store it, which I'm sure you're paying more on mutual funds and, and managers and, th- and wealth managers and all of those sorts of things. But what is a good way to actually protect wealth? And in, a, and in an age where we're seeing a lot of geopolitical unrest and potential monetary reforms, where do you put your wealth where you know in 10, 15, 20 years, it's still going to be there. And in fact, may have grown as a result. We've seen those results with gold and silver over the years. We believe that's going to be the case going forward. And that's why we think the RSP is a great place to store physical bullion. one silver That's a great number to use if you want to get some information on how to get gold and silver into your RSP, TFSA, Lira, LIF, RIF, any other type of registered account. And remember, as always, we love to thank you for becoming a client at Guildhall by giving you one gram of free gold for every 5,000 U.S. you put into the marketplace. And it's our way of welcoming you and letting you know that we're grateful to have you as a client. We want to make sure also, too, that you understand, in addition to the registered accounts, and Jeremy talking about that, we are expecting that there's going to be as this market starts to develop and geopolitical tensions will underpin higher pricing throughout the year, in my opinion. So we do expect the price of silver and gold to take off from here. Where it goes, 
I mean, we're not certain how high it'll go. It could be much higher than what it was last time. That means silver would be higher than $49 an ounce. Gold would be over $1,920 an ounce. And that's amazing to think about in terms of not only having something as a store of value, but also from the other side of that approach, which is, can I speculate? Can I hold gold and silver if I have the disposable income to do so as a speculative investment? The answer is yes. For those that want to get into the market because they believe that they want to take an acorn, turn it into an oak tree and that type of mentality, there is also value to be had in these markets, especially in silver right now. And one account you might want to take an approach with that is what we call allocated financing. This is the concept of other people's money. So where you might lay out dollar for dollar under a normal purchase, you want to buy a dollar of gold, you get a dollar of gold. In this particular market, you're given the opportunity using allocated financing to put up as little as 45% of the metal value you want to invest in. Now, as an example, a 1,000 ounces right now is going to cost somewhere in the range of about twenty dollars to $21,000. Using this particular example, I would buy a 1,000 ounces in the form of 10 100-ounce silver bars, 6.5-pound bars, you could take home with you if you wanted, and that would be a normal everyday purchase that we do at Guildhall. In addition to doing that, you could also use the allocated financing account and take a second 1,000 ounces, which would allow you to lay out as little as half of that money, in fact, just a little over 10000 and you get the same 10 100-ounce silver bars. You get your allocation to you and your name. It's in the storage facility, so it can be visited and audited on a regular basis, on a yearly basis, whatever you deem necessary to be comfortable, and you get your serial numbers. So those are all features that are built into what I believe are among the best ways you can physically store precious metals in the entire world. That's another option for you out there, folks, and that means you can take, if you are thinking about getting into that market, you could take even that to an extreme example and say if let's you wanted to take that original 20,000 you're going to put in the market, get 2,000 ounces of silver instead of 1,000 ounces. A great way to think about it if you have that extra disposable income to spend. The number to call is 18778silver. Again, 18778silver. That'll get you to Guildhall. Ask for your information package on any of these accounts. If you want allocated financing, say, I heard the show, I'd love to know more about allocated financing or registered accounts. If you want a general investment package, we can do that as well. And remember right now we said one gram of free gold for every 5,000 you put into the marketplace in a registered account up to 10 grams, that's 5,000 US. We're going to do the same thing in the allocated accounts. We're going to offer two free grams of gold for every 1,000 ounce minimum account. So if you open up your minimum account with allocated financing, which is 1,000 ounces of silver, 10 100 ounce uh, silver bars is the approach we typically take. We can switch that up a little if you like, but 10 100 ounce silver bars, right now you're going to be getting two grams of gold with that purchase and those can be sent home. You can use it towards additional purchases, however you see fit. Those are given to you free of charge. Again, Guildhall likes to welcome you to the marketplace, say thank you for the business. That's our way of doing it. One eight seven seven eight silver and guildhallwealth.com is the website. Jeremy. Yeah, and you know, look, at the end of the day, we believe that the market is very much undervalued. So for people looking at an investment like this with the allocated financed account, this is great for someone who wants to capture more product at this price. Maybe they, they come up with a, a payment plan to, to buy out the additional product. Maybe they wait for the market to rise, sell off some position, and then clear that credit balance, and they end up owning more product. Or maybe they think that, hey, look, $16 an ounce is, is a bit pricey at this point. I'd rather outlay about $8 an ounce, and that's another way to go about it too. So this, this really does open the door. It opens up the, the realm of possibilities with, within the precious metal market and a great way to take advantage of the market. Ultimately, look, we have been building a major base in this market over the last few years. We're not, we're not looking at a top of the market and saying, well, how do we know it could keep going up? We're not having to worry about that. We have been building a base. We've been to, to highs. The, the market is saying, look, even the, the Gold Council was saying that we might have hit peaked gold in the last week. They said 2017 might have been the year that we reached peak gold. We know that the 
silver mines aren't going to ramp up until the price is much, much higher. So sometimes you get people saying, well, what if the price drops? Look, we don't know if the market could go down, but we know that it's undervalued here. If it went down a little bit from here, it'd be even more undervalued. But the question is, is we know that it's near the, the cost of, of production when it comes to silver. We know that the market's been going sideways for a couple of years, although there's been gains in the market, absolutely. And it's very much undervalued. So for those who are looking for gains, they should be considering precious metals and looking at the fundamental reasons why the market could be going much, much higher from here. We believe that the market, you will see multiple thousands dollars gold. We believe that you will see triple-digit silver. Um, we had that interview with Keith Newmeyer a few weeks ago, and he wholeheartedly believes that the market's going to trade higher than $100 silver, which means to get in at these levels, it, you know, if you think these are crazy now, wait till the prices are, are sky high. It's a smart thing. It's a smart move. It's something you need to consider in order to protect your wealth, but also, too, to give yourself a chance to participate in what could be one of the single best rallies in precious metals we've ever seen historically. And you could be right in the thick of it by calling one eight seven seven eight silver going to guildhallwealth.com. When we come back in the third segment, we'll talk a little bit about diamonds. We've already talked about geopolitics. It's going to underpin these trade wars and this ongoing situation with Syria. It's going to underpin the pricing for the rest of the year. So we'll keep on that, talk a little more about that. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk colored diamonds. Jeff Berwick, a lot to go. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to segment number three, The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. We are here today in studio, and I'm doing this show again with Jeremy, and we've had a lot of information on various topics pertaining to both geopolitics and wealth insurance. We talk about gold and silver as wealth insurance, and certainly thousands of years of history tell us that they are, in fact, stores of wealth, and they have protected wealth over many, many well, ups and downs in the markets. If you can call out a specific type of event, whether it's a depression all the way back to the 1920s, 30s, whether it's all the various recessions, whether it's high inflationary periods, you'll find an argument that's being made that supports the ownership of gold and silver. If we go back to the 1980s, prior to that, throughout the decade of the 70s, a very, very uh, very big changes in the way we think about the economy. Up until 71, we had Bretton Woods. We had a standard in place that the reserve currency could not uh, could not forego. Up until that point in time, when you printed money, you were talking about having the backing of an asset as old as man in the form of gold. In 71, that stopped. And folks, since that time, money has been printed hand over fist, not only here at home, but now globally around the world and we're at a very precarious point in time and we spend a lot of time talking about gold and silver but we have another option for those that don't want to get involved in gold and silver or for those that want to have as much diversity in their portfolios as possible we have the option of the natural fancy colored diamonds and this to most jeremy comes off as either one of two things initially in the same category let's say as white diamonds or jewelry, which to many people is of no interest or they don't perceive the same way as we do in terms of value and they need to look into it a little further. Or part two, perhaps it's not something that the average person can afford. Both of those can be myths essentially about the industry because one, value of colored diamonds is a long-standing tradition that has been put firmly in place over decades of time and we're so excited about what colored diamonds can do and will be doing in the near term that we're going to debunk that and talk more about that right now but this is kind of like a throwback thursday if you will we're taping the show on thursday and all i want to do is just reflect on a minute of where we've come from what it used to be like to say to a person you can own an argyle pink diamond for under twenty thousand when we first started which in most cases right now with the exception of only two left on our site that 
we'll never see an Argyle diamond under probably around 50,000 ever again in the quality of diamonds that we're used to having. So that's the one of only two left that we'll ever probably own again. That's one example. But even think in the vivid yellows that we've owned over the years, when you used to be able to say to a person, we'd like you to own this beautiful one carat, fancy vivid yellow. It's a beautiful cut, whatever that cut was. And they were spending in the neighborhood of around 20, 25,000. Now, it's near impossible to get a fancy color, vivid yellow diamond that's IF clarity, beautiful. It's an investment grade diamond under that 40,000 range. Can't do it. And that's in the, a span of 2008 to 2018. That's 10 years. Un- it's, it's unbelievable, but such incredible store of value. And that's really what I want to touch on. Take us back to that time when that used to be the norm and now talking to people, understanding the value of where we've come from and what's still remaining in terms of value in the colored diamond area. Well, the natural fancy colored diamonds are are very rare, but we want to go beyond just simple rarity. We know that for every 10,000 white diamonds, there's a colored diamond, but that doesn't make it an investment grade. What's going to make it an investment grade is to continue to search for higher and higher quality. And when we're talking about quality, we could look at, for example, the inclusions in the diamond or the clarity of the diamond. Most times when people are buying a white diamond, they're not buying internally flawless. The retail store is not going to want to pay the premium for the internally flawless. And the customer is looking for the effect. No one's going to be you know, going up to a, a, a friend with a loop and saying, so what's the clarity of your diamond? So at retail, most clarities are in the VS range. Now, if you go to a really high-end retailer, those might go up to a VVS, which is still below and internally flawless. Once you go below VS, you're in SI, which means you could see the inclusions with the naked eye. But for a jewelry store, VS quality is what they would call eye clean, And that's not very rare. So we're talking about white diamonds, which aren't rare. And now we're at a clarity level that is also not rare. But we take those things in our stride because we want to balance that lack of great clarity. Yes, no one can tell that it's a VS, right? No one's coming up to a loop and and looking at at the inclusions. But there, there might be other factors involved. What's the shape of the diamond? Is that shape a rare diamond, right? a princess cut would be more rare than a cushion cut, for example. Or in white diamonds, a brilliant cut is the average cut. So anything outside of that would be less, would be more rare. And then we want to balance that against the size. And uh, same thing when we look at the final C, which is uh, the color of the diamond. In white diamonds, not a lot of people have, have D diamonds, diamonds, which is a D is the whitest, clearest color. Most people are are buying G, which is Worse which is three below, um, and the major jewelry stores will offer H, but uh, you know between D, E, and F, you can't really tell the difference between the, with the naked eye. But there is a price difference, and so by going up to the highest clarity and and best color possible, looking for the best shape and the size for that type of diamond. Another way to think about that is four quarter carat diamonds are not equal to a one carat in terms of value. So with Guildhall, what we're looking for is color diamonds, which are naturally a lot more rare, but then going up to the highest quality we can possibly find within those four C's. When it comes to yellow diamonds, they have to be internally flawless. When it comes to the 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 uh, color, we're looking for the three strongest grades. And then in pinks, you know, in pinks, the, the diamonds do tend to be smaller. They The co- clarities tend to be lower, so we don't see internally flawless pinks with any sort of regularity. But in actual fact, to answer your question, short story too late, uh, the fact is, is the pink diamonds are really, really hard to come by in terms of finding the type of quality that we, that we have become accustomed to. We've become accustomed to finding VS quality pinks that have great cuts, that have beautiful colors ranging from orangey pinks, which have that coral look, to purplish pinks, which have that kind of lavender feel, um, to just straight ahead bubblegum pink. And, uh, you know, we are fortunate at Guildhall where we do have 
vivid pink diamonds. We've got intense pink diamonds. We've got a tender stone that we currently hold. We don't put it up on the site. But I think what makes Guildhall different than any other diamond dealer is the fact that we go out and procure the highest grade possible of these of these diamonds and we own them. We put the skin in the game. We're not selling on someone else's behalf and we want to provide the best value to the client. One eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. That's a website where you can go and look in the natural fancy color diamond section and see all of these diamonds. They are beautiful. There are multiple colors to be seen there. And Jeremy, you just touched on one of the colors, which is of particular interest to me personally, we've written extensively about the Argyle mine and its expected, its expected closure date. We're about to release another article to the public about this, and the date has changed. What was once viewed as 2021 is now firmly in place as 2020, and based on the last 24 months of the mine, could easily become 2019 next year. And this is of great interest to me because it means if you're listening and you're paying attention... If you want to buy the cottage, if you want to put yourself into a very high-end vehicle, the new boat, if it's paying for your child's education, I think I have an idea that in terms of buying and investing in something might pan out to be one of the single best investments you might ever make. And that is a fancy colored pink diamond, an argyle pink or an otherwise just average normal pink diamond, which is in and of itself extremely rare. It's unbelievable the type of return these diamonds generate. And quite frankly, when it comes to owning these diamonds, it's extremely easy. There's no lawyers involved. There's no tax people involved assessing the property. And there's no loaning from the bank and interest payments and having to find people to live in the house or all kinds of things that are involved in investing in other types of long-term assets. This is something you can put away. It's private wealth. It's a store of value. And it's right now still reasonably affordable when you look and compare it against real estate, which is unfortunately about to take a dump. So, Yeah, you know, look, in, in terms of the pink diamond market, and I do want to talk about some yellows, specifically the fancy yellows. But in terms of the pink diamonds, I know that we do have one uh, pink diamond. I believe it's a fancy. It's not an argyle, but remember that 90% of the world's pinks are coming from argyle, and they can be recut, which means you you, you lose that, that argyle uh, insignia on it. But we do have a, a fancy pink, which you know clients can get involved in for a little over twenty thousand U.S. But if you're uh, very serious about the pink diamond market, then we've got diamonds that you can get into the market with with over three hundred to five hundred thousand plus. So you know those the the thing about investing in a fancy color diamond in this sense is it's unlike a stock where it doesn't matter how much you invest, your your percentage return is based on that performance. With natural fancy colored diamonds, you are buying rarity. So if you invest in a diamond for $500,000, that's a reflection of the rarity of the diamond. Um, you know, we do get these diamonds appraised independently. So that's something that you would know ahead of time. It's not something that you would be surprised later to find out what, what the diamond's appraised for. So, you know, look, the fact is, is this market can, can accommodate all types of investors, all types of people who want to protect and grow their wealth. And certainly these pink diamonds have been uh, incredible on the growth side. One eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, we're going to spend a bit of time when we come back in the fourth segment talking about something that's exciting, that's happening. We're going to be giving the opportunity for people to see some finished pieces very soon. And this is in, con- um, this is in connection to a very... Uh, well thought out, well laid out plan for people to get into fancy yellows, extremely affordable, in a setting, in a finished piece that's totally wearable right from day one. Those will be coming into our ownership very shortly. We've sent the diamonds out to have them set. These are diamonds we had in our inventory, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that in the fourth segment. And also, we're going to be talking about buying and selling smart money and what our friend the dollar vigilante himself is doing with his Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. If you'd like to touch base and have a very personal and private appointment one-on-one at Guildhall, viewing a colored diamond, 
Again, call one eight seven seven eight silver or go to the website and make that request. You can call and ask for anybody directly. Jeremy and myself are always happy to help you out. And this is the time of year, of course, when we're talking about tax returns. What a great way to eye out something to do that effectively helps you to build your wealth by using your tax return on a fancy colored diamond. We'll be right back with the fourth segment here on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. Go there, go there as often as you can. Check out what we have. That's the place where you can make the request for a free investor's kit, get some information on colored diamonds that we just talked about in the last segment, or get on to the Precious Metals newsletter list. Also, our upcoming seminars. You've been hearing about it throughout the show. You've been listening to the ads for our upcoming seminar. That is where you'll also find a lot of information about all the markets we're talking about. Now, Jeremy, getting back to what we discussed in the last segment, moving on, we have some special news that we want to make and bring to the listeners' attention. Tell us what's happening right now. Right. So what we've noticed over the last few years is that we've found a lot of investors look at the fancy yellows and actually want to put them into custom jewelry pieces. So what we decided is we we, we have a great, great uh, jeweler. He's designed amazing works. Everyone loves his works. And he works specifically in the color diamond market. So what we've done is we've taken a few of our fancy yellows and uh, they're going to be uh, put into some, some custom settings and we're going to start showing those very, very soon. I want to just get... Uh, Give the listeners a sense of the rarity of a fancy yellow versus a white diamond. Earlier in the last segment, Darren, we were talking about D, which is the best color in a white diamond, internally flawless, which is the best clarity, looking at a diamond between one and three carats. Okay, I'm online with a um, with an online dealer of white diamonds. They are considered a wholesaler, um, or I guess kind of an online retailer, if you will, at more discount prices. And between one and three carats, internally flawless, ideal cuts, D color, and between one and three carats, there's 382 diamonds on the site at any given time right now. So we have, if you were looking for a, a one to three carat D color, internally flawless, good cut. There are over 382 diamonds on this site. And they would range somewhere between a 2.9 carat for close to $200,000 down to a one carat that would be in the 13,000 range. And just as a comparison to a yellow diamond, according to the Fancy Color Diamond Research Foundation, between 213 and 217 one carat to three carat internally flawless fancy yellow diamonds come to market every year. That means those diamonds are going through the GIA to be appraised and uh, assessed. And they're seeing those numbers through the records, through the years. And we know that just over 200 Fancy yellow, internally flawless diamonds between one and three carat come out every year. Now, just think about that. Compare just over 200 to 382 that are on a site at any given time. And that's just one website. You can start to get a sense of the rarity of just a fancy. We didn't go up to intense or vivid. We're just talking fancy. Now, a fancy yellow diamond in a setting that we're going to be having can be had for our listeners, for under $20,000, which is remarkable. So not only are you, you don't have to buy a fancy, uh, internally flawless white diamond for close to 15000 before you put it into a setting, but you could buy something that's much, much more rare um, and not pay that much more. This is the secret of fancy color diamonds. Now, once you get up into those intense and vivids, you know, there's a good opportunity to to make a lot of money over the coming years. I had a funny discussion with a friend not too long ago. We were at, my wife and I, an event in uh, up north, and we came across an old friend, and they were admiring a ring that my wife was wearing with a colored diamond in it, and lo and behold, the conversation ensued. 
that they were, and this girl that we'd seen up there, hadn't seen her in years, was wearing a white diamond. Nice big three carat plus white diamond. Talked about the diamond. They got engaged, the whole story. We heard everything. And of course the guys get together and we were having, you know, a little social out in uh, this particular area where we were. And we started talking about value. And he's like, you know, you're in the diamond industry. I paid, you know, 68,000 for this diamond in the setting. And I said, you know, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but you know, that's a little bit steep for what you got there. And I said, one of the reasons it's so steep is because it's not investment grade, even for a white diamond. So you have nothing but the value of sentiment. And I said, unless your wife really, really likes that, let me put a colored diamond in that ring for you instead. Talk to her about it. You've been married now for a year. That's an engagement ring. She's going to wear that in the wedding band. Let me put a colored diamond in for you. Well, I get a phone call this week. And he said, you know what I realized from that conversation? I realized that those two diamonds beside each other, all I'm ever going to be doing is talking about how my white diamond is losing value or not maintaining its value. But every time I see your wife, I'm going to hear the story about where that value of that colored diamond is gone. And when you bought it, it might've been 20 and now it's worth 25 or 30. And then five years from now it's worth 50. And you know, you never know where it's going, but the fact is that without getting into values on one hand, you had a woman that was very happy with her white diamond and a woman who's very happy with her colored diamond. But every time we get together, it's going to be the story about us telling you how much more that colored diamond is worth, how much we're not going to let it go for. We're never going to let it go. And that's the whole concept of the colored diamond versus the white diamond. People often put the two together, Jeremy, and make the mistake of doing so when in fact this is about an investment. This is still about a store of value. It's still the same fundamentals that drive the other assets we talk about, gold and silver. It's rarity and value and it can still be had, which is the most amazing thing of all. I would have long ago thought that the value of pink diamonds would be so astronomical by now coming up to the close of the world's largest mine that produces pinks, a couple of champagne glasses full a year. And that is not the reality. You can still get value. It's still there, but the mainstream will connect with this story. And it's been happening in bits and pieces more so. You're seeing Forbes and other publications talk about colored diamonds now, and you're seeing Christie's and Sotheby's auction more off and more come to the light of day. And this will bring the prices much higher. If it happens the same way it did in 79.80, you could see colored diamond prices rise as much as 500% in a year. Well, I think that ultimately the idea that you're talking about is generational wealth and that while a lot of people will say, well, you know, she's never going to take it off her finger. Um, she likes the, she's just enjoying it. And I say, yeah, that's fantastic, but don't overpay either, right? Um, at least contact Guildhall to make sure that we can get you some great prices on that. Um, but when it comes to a color diamond, that becomes pure generational wealth. You know, every week, Darren, you know, you know the drill. We get a phone call from someone who wants to appraise something that, you know, we have to break their heart because it's not what they were expecting. A lot of white diamonds don't rise in value. A lot of them don't hold value. And a lot of the the diamonds that they've received through generational wealth is not really worth more than, than the sentimental value. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, if you're thinking about long-term growth and wealth and, and generational wealth, then definitely consider a natural fancy colored diamond, especially as a way to store and protect wealth and grow wealth at the same time. We've got to get to, to Jeff Berwick uh, Darren and the fact that he's sold his cryptos and he has acquired additional gold. Jeremy, some sell their soul for rock and roll. Jeff Berwick decided to sell his cryptos for gold. And he did this in a way which was made very public. He's not hiding it. He's talking about it. He wrote a big article, but we're going to have him on air on this very show in a couple of weeks. He's the dollar vigilante. And I'm excited to ask him about what led to this decision. The articles don't do enough justice. I've listened to a couple of videos and there's some more that we're posting in our weekly newsletter. Get that newsletter, folks. If you're listening, it's easy to do. Just go to the website and make that request or call the number one eight seven seven eight silver Get the Precious Metals newsletter. It is an invaluable tool to help you make a decision on what you want to do in terms of owning gold and silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. But Berwick says, and I quote from the article, which I found on Silver Doctors, that uh, he's basically put his fiat where his mouth is. And he's talking about the markets. And in particular, the article states 
The cryptocurrency ecosystem has had a lot of innovation and late last year, the dumb money began investing. So he's acknowledging what led to the rise in something like momentum Bitcoin, buyers. momentum buyers, the dumb money. The January pullback was expected and needed. Many are glad there was a pullback as things were growing too fast. The potential of cryptocurrencies has not changed. So he's acknowledging that the long-term idea that cryptocurrencies go higher, that hasn't changed. Or the technology. Right. But he's saying in particular, he's sold because there's still massive amounts of development of the technology in particular. And there's a lot of buzz in cryptocurrencies and it's not seemingly going to go away. But he can't believe how precious metals has been blatantly left out of these big bull markets that are about to occur. And he, for one, is excited about the value that has been found in gold. So he's taking his cryptocurrencies, sold them off, and he's buying gold. Not only do we take Bitcoin as a form of payment for those that are interested, but Bitcoin is up this week, as we tape here on Thursday, almost $1,000. Why not take the profit off the table? I'm not your planner, your advisor, or any otherwise going to be getting involved in helping you with managing your portfolio any more than Jeremy is or anyone else at Guildhall. What is a value buy at this current time may in a few months no longer present itself the same way. We'd love to own gold and silver long-term. We believe in it long-term. But buying it at these cheap, cheap prices, well, there's tons of analysts out there, including Berwick, that are saying gone will be the days of $1,300 gold and $16 silver. Ultimately, a great way to dip the toe in the water, buy it while it's cheap. Everyone in the in the crypto sphere would have loved to have bought uh, cryptocurrencies at two or Bitcoin at two hundred dollars or four hundred dollars. Don't make the mistake in buying, you know, silver when it's when it's over forty dollars an ounce. You have a chance to buy it for under twenty dollars, which means you know a magazine and a latte, and you is equivalent to an ounce of gold. It's a great opportunity. It's it's got industrial usages. It's used as a store of wealth. It's used to hedge against inflation, and um, Ultimately, it's a great portfolio insurance, and it's got incredible, incredible potential. So go to guildhallwealth.com, learn more about the reasons why to hold the metal, and then, of course, come to Guildhall for your acquisitions because we only deal in the physical, physical market. You do not want to get involved in paper. You want to make sure that if you're going to own gold and silver, that you own real gold and silver. one silver guildhallwealth.com. Get there often. Find out more about the marketplace. Request the free information. It's yours to take. We love to share with you, talk with you about the markets, answer questions about gold and silver. And remember, seminar coming up, lots of promotions happening, and the diamond promotion is ending very soon. That's free tax right now on any colored diamond. So get to it, folks. And if you have those questions, remember to send them through. You've been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.